Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob here and I want to tell you about what you're about to listen to. This is my interview with Spencer Bledsoe. I was very fortunate that I was able to sit down with him a couple days after the finale and get a chance to talk to him about this entire season that we just finished watching on Wednesday night. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview. I know it was a lot of fun for me. Now I'm always looking for ways to improve the podcast and I'm always listening to suggestions that other people have for me. So the other night I was in bed and I got woken up that there was a text message at four o'clock in the morning and it was from Tyler Perry and he had the idea for a new super powered hashtag in addition to the hashtags that we already have he thought of one that would be super powered that we could put towards the end of the episode and we'll hide it and we'll see if anybody finds it and if so then great and if you don't like it then you can blame Tyler Perry so if you find the super power Tyler Perry hashtag anywhere in the episode then send it to me and spencer on twitter and let us know that you found it enjoy the show coming to you live from the studios of the sideshow network it's rob has a podcast and now here's the guy who's about to sit down with the young lad himself rob sesternino hello everybody and welcome to a very special edition of rob has a podcast i'm here live with a one-on-one sit down with the man who is the fourth place finisher of survivor kagiyan and the winner of the rhap survivor fan favorite player of the season spencer bledsoe how you doing? I'm doing good, Spencer. How are you? Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I mean, fourth place is uh, was not satisfying, but any disappointment I had there was easily made up for by the first place finish in the RHAP. <laughs> and it was a landslide. It was a big win. What was it? What? It was, you know, I don't have the exact vote count. It was about 4,500 votes. I think you basically like pretty much tripled up, Tony. Yeah. Well, it's because I befriended the tabulator, Kurt. Yes. Well, and I did not thank the tabulator, Kurt Clark, uh, for all of his work work with that but he did a great job with once again putting together the results and all of the official tabulating needs of rob as a podcast it's an honor what yeah. can i say anyway so i'm very excited to sit down here and talk and talk to you this has been um something that myself and i think a lot of people have been waiting for for since <laughs> since we first laid eyes on you on on this season so it's oh, been geez. such such a, a culmination to get to this point yeah it's been a wait um, I was looking forward to talking to you the whole season. I knew it was going to be a long wait, but happy to finally be here. Happy to finally be here. So let me just set up what we're going to do here today. So this is going to be all in one show, but we are going to have a break in the middle. That Spencer, a very busy guy. Totally, he's totally Hollywood now at this point. He has totally uh, all sorts of interviews and stuff that come, goes along with the. You know, this is this is probably the busiest week of your entire life. Oh yeah, no, it's it's like a huge contrast because I go from like sitting alone at home, like twiddling my thumbs to all of this not having time to do anything to you know in about a week I'm sure I'll be right back at uh, at stage one it's <laughs> it's it's very it's a real peak and a and you know and then back to a baseline right very very fast and I think that as survivor could goes on like whereas like the people that were on the first survivor it was like that peak was about like over six years yeah yeah <laughs> well or, you know now the attention is turned towards the brilliantly titled uh, survivor sand Juan Del Tour. So. <laughs> yeah, something else like that. No, it's and it's also better for you guys that the people who go on Survivor on the even numbered seasons mm-hmm. 
are, you know, at least you get the summer. Whereas you get the victory lap. You get a victory lap yeah. a little bit. Whereas the people who do it in the odd number seasons, it's like, you know, basically you get like a month. Yeah. Uh, and, and Christmas is over that time and New Year's and then people. Well, are, is it really a victory lap for anyone other than Team TV? Though? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it certainly is. It's it's a fun it's a fun fun thing. It's just that the time where it's like the really crazy time has yeah, has gotten like a half life of shorter and shorter, right, shorter right, and shorter. Right, 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 right. But it's still very very fun, and I appreciate that in this super busy eye of the storm, you took some time to of course uh, to uh, get R- together. RHAP with, was priority number one. That, well, that's good good to know. And so My what we're spell. what we're gonna do here right now is we're gonna talk for a little bit, and then Spencer has another uh, interview call that he needs to make in the middle and so we're going to stop and then we're going to take a it's going to just be a little bit of a break in the podcast we're going to uh, pl- going to have something that's very fun that I want to play for you guys and then we're going to come back with the second half of the interview where I'm going to take all of your questions from Facebook awesome all right so I guess let me start here by uh, that uh, giving you something that you deserve I, I much like Tony I have a bag of tricks here myself and so let me present to you uh, from my bag of tricks. Uh, here we have... No, oh God, I'm going to change my mind if you're fumbling with your bag of tricks. <laughs> no, don't change your mind. Don't uh, give this to... Don't interview Jeremy or anything like that. All right, here is the Rob is a Podcast Survivor Kagiyan Fan Favorite Player oh, of the man. Season trophy. This is awesome. Did you make this? I... I ordered it and then, and then I customized the on it. it. Yes. Yeah. Cause yes. the bell is the nice touch. Yes. It would be just a trophy, but it has a bell on it. Would you like to give it the, the first ceremonial ring? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So congratulations. That should be a nice, uh, mantle piece, uh, for you. And I like it, this. Now it's like parody where you're not, you're not the only person with the bell now. Yes. You have, you have your own bell. I also, uh, gave you some stuff. This is a RHAP coffee mug, which was supposed awesome. to go to Hayden. Uh, Eat last your heart season. out, Hayden. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I have something, something else for you. Is this the Landauer <laughs> and Shamar? Uh, now I know how you feel about letters. Maybe you don't want to open that for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that uh, there are there is a uh, eight by ten of Julia Landauer and Shamar there for you. So there you go. Congratulations. Fantastic. Well, a well struck <laughs> player of the season award for you, Spencer. So this congratulations. Is going, like right by my desk. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. So before we really get, start to dig into the season and dig deep, uh, how have the last couple days been? Now, what is the, you know, basically from when people saw you, you know, at the end of the show, yeah. Wednesday night, what has, you know, your last 48 hours been? <laughs> last 48 hours, um, craziest 48 hours of my life, probably. Whoa. Um, yeah. Uh, which is not saying much. <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say, well, what was the previous craziest uh, 48 hours? Oh, uh, geez. I wouldn't yeah, ask my fraternity. Um, I would say that, uh, yeah, I, I slept probably four hours since the live show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Friday now. So it's, uh, I, you know, got whisked away for interviews, slept like half an hour, um, went out and met like John Cochran, which was surreal. Yeah. Uh, all these, all these players around, you know, going out uh, on, uh, on Wednesday night. And then, uh, just trying to take it relatively easy to that sense. Yeah. And has just about everybody that you know in real life contacted you since that point? Yeah. Um, yeah. Haven't it's it, my phone's a little overwhelming, um, but it's trying to trying to keep up. OK, so let's start, talk about sort of your 
experience at all and some of the things that we talked yesterday and we got about a 15 minute interview but I'm sure we mm-hmm. could do uh, a lot more as we'll demonstrate here in the next however long this is but one of the questions that I got from a lot of people since then has been did you feel or did you find out from anybody did you change anybody's mind when you gave you know your stump speech for Tony yeah, yeah. no that's a good question because I think there were a lot of people you know everyone thought that I changed like a lot of people's minds because the jury seemed really bitter at Tony um, when I went out into the audience at the first commercial break of the live show Tyler Perry came up and like shook my hand and was like I want you to know that you changed the jury you changed their mind whoa yeah um, which was cool I, I don't know how he knew that but he, <laughs> <laughs> it, well I think Tyler Perry is pretty much omniscient as yeah, demonstrated probably by, you know woke up at 3 a.m. and rolled out of bed and was like I gotta text probes you know and, and probes told him but uh, no I think that there were some people that maybe you thought I changed their mind and I didn't. I think uh, like people like Trish and Jeremiah kind of just wanted to say their piece mm-hmm. and uh, and then they were still going to vote for Tony. Trish, I, I don't think she was really as upset as she as she came off. Um, I think I might have changed like one or two. I know Jeffra and Sarah were pretty on the fence and they both told me that you know I, I kind of assuaged their doubts about voting for Tony. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think I changed things to the point that I uh, I flipped the vote. I think if anything, it would have been like seven two, maybe six three if I hadn't said anything. Yeah. And when you guys were there, did you feel like, oh yeah, Tony's really got this? Is or was it sort of like up in the air? I felt like Tony's really got this. I mean, I, like people didn't necessarily like Tony, but they respected his game a lot more than they respected Woo's. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, back to me changing the vote though, I really I felt like it was going Tony's way. If anything, I could I, I came close to hurting Tony apparently because Cass told me that she. Uh, almost flipped her vote to woo after my speech. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. that would be so chaos cast. That that would be, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm glad she stuck with Tony. I, I feel like the, uh, it, it was tough. You know, I, I felt, I did feel really bad for woo watching it, you know, last night mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it doesn't, it, it was obviously his decision reflected poorly on him as a player, um, but it reflected so well on him as a person. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt he, he came off really well and is a genuinely really awesome guy and so I felt very bad for Wu um, but I, I, at the end of the day you know as a fan I, I want to see the right story and I feel like there's few better stories than this lunatic Tony <laughs> winning <laughs> now another I mean like look at the last re- recent winners it's like Cochran, Denise Stapley, Kim Spradlin all these class acts and now you have Team TV <laughs> There has been an archetype of the survivor winner tends to keep their cards close to the vest. And while I'm sure that you could say that Tony has did that about certain things, certainly he did not lead on the powers of the Tyler Perry idol. He was much more of an open book than a lot of the other survivor winners. And I think impulsive was the right word about him. But that was also what made him so fun to watch where he had all of these you know character flaws and I feel like what was interesting about Tony was that he would he had these flaws about his 
person about his character but that he was also so good and such a natural like bs artist and also yeah. able to sniff out the bs of the other players that yeah. he was often able to he would make a mistake and then be able to then correct the mistake so oh, he yeah. could like escape out of things that were became problems like yeah, yeah. because of him tony's whole thing was he would like dig himself in a hole and just keep digging it deeper and deeper and by the time his like head was at ground level he would then realize he has to fix his mistakes and he was really good at doing that and being an impulsive player is only bad if your impulses are bad and his are really good yeah you know his instincts i think were were dead on and people underestimate how calculated he was at times and how uh how much he knew what he was doing and he was such a perfect person for the show at this point in time where i feel like the show over the years has moved to the point where it's all about hey you got to make big moves where you guys are at tribal council and there's like six or seven people left and Jeff Probst says to you guys, well, <laughs> hey, it's all going to come down to whoever makes big moves. That's that's how you win the game. <laughs> and I don't feel like necessarily if you were to chart it, big moves equals yeah, winning. Yeah. But that is certainly the feeling that comes from the show. Right. And that, now you have this person in Tony who did make all these big moves and he did win and that he can be the case study for Survivor. It's like, see, absolutely big moves equals winning Tony Jeff wants it to be that Jeff wants the charting to be big moves equals winning and he is you know he has a PhD in being a spin doctor so he he's definitely going to milk this he Tony is like his wet dream and for Survivor the show big moves does equal winning like yeah. that small moves or no or yes. boring season yeah. equals losing for Survivor and for and for Jeff and for everybody who loves Survivor yes like, I mean you want the you want like theoretically you want the alignment of what's good for the show to be equal to the alignment of what's good playing the game and you know it's not perfectly that way but if you can get the perception of the alignments as close together as possible i think that's what production wants to do is i know you're a chess master Mm -hmm. is is that the same in chess where it does do big moves equal winning in chess or is it sort of the smaller subtle moves equals winning in chess in chess uh it's probably comparable to survivor in that big moves are necessary but big move after big move after big move is not necessarily a recipe for success that you know i mean it it also like big move doesn't have any requirement for quality resigning the game and tipping over your king is a big move um flipping on an alliance and you know pissing everyone off is a big move and i thought you were gonna say flipping the board over because i feel like tony could (laughs) (laughs) look i'm out <laughs> Flip the board over. I can see Tony doing that. <laughs> that would be that would also be a big move. So, one of the other questions that I got for you from a lot of people was that you were very hard on Wu that you called him Tony's dog. Yeah. But you also said that Wu was foolish not to take Cass to the end. Mm-hmm. And when they polled everybody, they said who would vote for Wu? Who would vote for Cass? It seemed like everybody would vote for Cass, yourself included. For Wu? Uh, I'm sorry, vote yeah, for vote for right. Wu. Mm-hmm. Um, and did I read that right? Would that have been a nine zero vote for Wu? I think it might have been an eight to one. Eight to one vote. Uh, I think 
LJ might have voted for Cass. Um, but yeah, everyone who interacted closely with Cass, um, I think, was more on the Wu train. And, now, and personally, to be honest, I would I do not know 100% who I would have voted for. But if you know, if I'm voting for whoever I think played the best game, I have to vote for Wu. But I do think it would be fun for the show, and it would be tempting for me just to make it a better story to vote for Cass because th- that would be crazy. Now I was ready to go on, and I, until Wu voted Tony out. I was like, oh my God, Cochran was right. It's going to be a Wu versus Cass yeah, I final two. for Cochran because Cochran like telegraphed that. He knew exactly what was what should have happened and he, he was completely right except for Wu making a mistake. I came away being really respecting Cochran's survivor knowledge base much more after that interview. It's like, wow, yeah. Cochran really, like I've been talking about this season all you know, all season long, I didn't have that as like how that was going to play out. Yeah. And well, it wasn't. If you look in, at the other final two, it's like Tony versus me, never going to happen. Yeah. Well, um, it really wasn't until Cochran brought that up that I started to say, you know what? Ah, that isn't, that isn't going to happen. And the crazy thing is that Wu won that challenge, that final immunity by a half second. I heard it was a second. A second. Okay. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> I heard from Cass that it was a millisecond. Millisecond. <laughs> right. Um, but he won that by a second. And in doing so, he lost the game by a second because Cass would have taken him and he would have beaten Cass. Mm-hmm. So by winning that immunity, he lost the game. It's It really is all these, all these <laughs> twists and turns. No, but a lot... I feel like that Cass should have won over Wu because while Wu was far more likable, and I don't think anybody could take that away away from yeah. him, that people people loved Wu, and I think that there were Cass had her supporters, but mm-hmm. it was a mixed reaction yeah. to Cass, especially yeah. from the you guys that were out there on the island with her. I feel like Cass should beat Wu in a final two. Do you disagree with that? Um, or if I guess going off of who played the best game, yeah. I, why do you say Wu played I, a better game? I than do Cass? disagree with that because Wu. I mean, Wu wasn't really playing, and Cass played an actively bad game. It's like if you're an American Idol, and are you going to vote for the guy who goes up there and, and literally does not do anything? Are you or saying are you that Cass the was the William Hung of Survivor? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Cass was the person on American Idol who, who like is in the highlight reel of the first episode because they're so bad, and Wu was the person who doesn't make air because he was just didn't you know didn't impress. Wow. So Wu was Wu was just okay, but Cass was. You're saying Cass was so bad that Wu would get the win. Yeah, over. I, mean, I think that uh, sure, like Wu. Uh, it, First of all, if it had been that final two, if Wu had taken Cass, I would have at least chalked that up in the Wu did something right category. Mm-hmm. So I think that speaks to Wu, you know, to some level. And, uh, you know, I, I do feel like my speech was a bit unfair. At the end of the day, like Wu wasn't actively playing. He definitely didn't know the game very well, but he it's not at all fair to say that he was a dog. You know, he, he definitely was was making moves in somewhat of a subtle way. When Tony came to him with the plan, he at least thought through it and said, "Okay, this makes sense. I don't think he was just blindly going along with things to the degree that I might have thought at the time. I I just feel like that Cass should get a, more credit than Wu because at least she was making at least she was making moves even yeah. if they were the incorrect moves I feel like I would have more respect for somebody who made moves and, and even if they were moves that I disagreed with more so than somebody who really did not make uh, make moves who was really just there and I feel like yeah. even in going back to Survivor of the Amazon I feel like I was sort of in not it wasn't the similar situation of in 
in, with the jury, but I felt like that Jenna versus Matt was somebody who I didn't agree with all of the moves that Jenna made, but at least she was. Yeah, but uh, didn't she also want to quit? She, well, and 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 she still got my vote over Matthew, who I felt like did not Didn't, really yeah. know what was going on, and I felt like that he would, you know, really wasn't making making moves except for the ones that I had come up with. Yeah, no, I, I totally see your point, and I, I can't really say that you know I I, I wouldn't uh, blame you or LJ or anyone for voting for Cass mm-hmm. on for those reasons. It was just from my perspective, like you know, Cass just I think it was the fact that I played the whole game with her yeah. and in the beginning I saw firsthand that um, you know she, you say she was playing but I think really what she was doing was was making wanting to be a decision maker and uh, she she wanted that feeling of being a decision maker and I felt like she her actions were not a result of trying to play the game but rather a result of, of that desire you know because I started with, uh, with Cass days one through three um, this was a bit swept under the rug, but there was a four-way alliance between me, Jatia, uh, Tasha, and Garrett. And Cass, days one through three, was not playing at all. And, and she was she, aligned with David Sampson. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, she was aligned with David Sampson. But she was... Not only was she not playing or not making alliances, but she didn't realize that stuff was happening. Like we 10 minutes in, we made that alliance and I I had conversations with Cass and she would say things like, you know, I know that at this point in the game, there are no alliances happening. It's way too early for that type of thing. We just have to make shelter. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that showed kind of an unawareness that, you know, that people might not, you know, realize she had at least in the beginning. So I think like she she would have played like Wu if it weren't for the fact that she got jealous of Sarah being the decision maker at the merge, you know, why couldn't it work with this brains tribe at the start where you guys had, uh, you know, yourself and Garrett, who, uh, you know, was a certainly a capable physical player and mm-hmm. Dave and David Sampson, who seems like a bright guy. Why, why couldn't the three of you gentlemen make it work? We uh, there were a lot of problems. There's like a laundry list of problems with that tribe. But I would say first and foremost, we all had our own ideas. We all wanted to do things a certain way and we're not compatible at all. And second of all, we just we overthought things. And we I think uh, where other tribes had a lot more common sense, we didn't. For instance, we uh, the first three days we drank no water. We we got there and we thought, okay, you have to you have to boil all your water. So when we got obscenely thirsty, we didn't drink water and we were a disaster in that challenge. Whereas other tribes just said, whatever, what's the worst that can happen and and drank water. And so it's just little things like that that I think we had pretty bad judgment. Myself definitely included. Because if you guys can stay together and Cass is the first person voted off instead of David Sampson, the entire game is is completely different. Yeah, and I think about that sometimes as well, that you know the reason we voted off David was because Garrett really had a vendetta against David. David, and we wanted to appease him because he was in our alliance. But it could have easily been Cass, and and who knows? Maybe that would have been better for tribe unity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's no 
no way of knowing. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I know you have a wealth of survivor knowledge, but I feel like that to go after the person early, especially in the smaller tribes, is is not the recipe for... You mean to be out for blood with one person? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not a... It's not a great idea. I feel like maybe in a, in a bigger tribe, although as I'm sort of like playing it out of my head, I'm thinking of, you know, Boston Rob gets rid of me in a tribe of six, but yeah. that was still day 12. I feel like if it was, you know, day th- day three, is that is that the best the best idea? Because that would have been more like leaving himself with like a Sioux Hawk and right. like some of these volatile personalities who could have been like a Jatia yeah, I think in a it, smaller group for an extended period of time. I would agree that it's a bad idea in general. And I, I think uh, maybe it's okay to have that desire, but it's definitely a bad idea for that to be known, for it mm-hmm. to be known that you, you and this other person both want each other out. It's not healthy for unity. It's not it's not good for a tribe at all. And uh, so, you know, I guess maybe we should have tried to squash that. But I think Garrett was a little bit, uh, you know, when he was picked as the weakest. Um, yeah. And you saw David last night at the live show say it was his only play. Um, he had to. He had to pick Garrett as the weakest. Um, so when that happened, I think Garrett definitely uh, it lit a fire under his butt to say, you know, we have to get David out. He was very one track. Then later in the game, so you guys have this big disaster. Uh-huh. Um, is there anything you want to talk about with Garrett and the whole no no talking thing? <laughs> Do you want to touch on that at all? Uh, sure. I have to bring back these repressed memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't get to talk to you about all these no, things. That, yeah, that's true. It's true. I, when, when that happened, I was just like put my head in my face and was like, Garrett, why couldn't you just talk to me about this beforehand? And no one was happy about it. No one other than Garrett thought this was a good idea. Obviously, Tasha was was pissed, as you saw. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was a moment where, you know, last night, uh, Jeff asked me, like, where could I have been better? And I said, rely more on instincts and gut. And my instincts were to say, like, Garrett, let's let's chill out here. Let's let's actually, you know, let's just uh, play it by ear and and talk to Tasha and you know see what happens um but then i thought i I started overthinking and saying well you know garrett's my closest alliance and i I better just roll with this i don't want to i don't want to uh jeopardize my position because this probably means i'm not going home and i think i played a little scared in that moment which definitely a mistake and it's what day is it day six six, okay yeah yeah it's that's tough you know to come in and especially first time players yeah you know first time out there I guess second tribal council you know there's only five people so there's really no room to hide mm-hmm. and you know in fairness to Garrett I'm not sure what you can do in that situation because I, I've thought about this after the fact yeah we all say like the people like me it's like oh well you never tell somebody they're going home yeah but what is he supposed to do because he's in an alliance with you and then he I guess you guys have a cast at that point mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also there's like this thing where Tasha thinks that uh, that Tasha and Jatia sort of think that they're with you guys also right. yeah. so there's like you have a three person alliance and then a four person alliance mm-hmm. so well, who's the decoy I mean well, I, why, why what's to stop you from saying to Jatia and Tosh plans on vote cast and then saying to cast let's vote for Jatia yeah well it's just like you know with that group of five I'm sure it's going to be once you know you ha- are going to have like 
a, a side with the other with the other two. And then, you know, unless you're saying like, okay, we're telling, hey, Cass, we're telling you, we're telling those yeah. two that it's them. You think the and, girls would see us playing both sides and not like that and then hook up with each other? I'm just saying it's, it, there is a degree of difficulty to that, That's which true. on day six of Survivor, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if anybody has that skill set yet at yeah. that point. True. Certainly not me. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the so, fa- what you mentioned, the fact that that would be risky is probably good evidence that Garrett's move, you know, while boneheaded was not completely. Yeah, I don't think absurd. it was. It was up there with the um, worst, the worst things that were ever done on the show. Yeah. It, it's just it's easy to, it's you not know, Wu taking Tony to the end was <laughs> people wanted to know this is the, I said, I think it was the dumbest thing that ever happened. I, I don't want to, you know, Wu's a very nice guy. So yeah. I think it was the poorest decision ever? that was Number that was one? ever. I think it has to be because can you point to another decision where person does X and loses the game where if they did Y they win the game yeah. going away? Well, I mean, Colby taking Tina instead of Keith, right? Well, Jeff talked about this with Dalton Ross uh, yesterday where Colby still felt like he could beat Tina. Yeah. So it wasn't like if Colby uh, beat... if But Wu felt like he could beat Tony. I mean, the, the narrative uh-huh. on that was that that Wu was doing it for honor, but Wu did think he was going to be Tony. Colby lost by one vote. So as, so at least that Colby had his finger on the pulse better uh, yeah. of that. And I also think to some degree that Colby's intention was like, hey, I'm going to be go on Survivor Australia. I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be this big deal in movies. And if, and if I vote out Tina, then I'm going to be unlikable. So I think uh-huh. that there's more justification for what Colby did okay. than what Wu did. I, I can see that argument. I think Colby probably did have his finger on the pulse a little bit more where Wu is saying um, uh, he doesn't know what's going to happen at Final Four you know do we fight for it do we uh, like yeah he I I think that's a fair argument Um, I guess the only other contender would be uh, Reichenbach but giving away even with even with Eric it was that was at final five in a season with a final two yeah so it's hard to say that oh if he just would have kept that necklace on he wins the game and it's like no he gets to the final four and if he doesn't win immunity he's probably getting voted out there I guess the question is, is the criteria for how bad the move is, how clear cut it is that it caused him to lose? For me, the criteria is what is if you if you go left, Mm -hmm. what happens? Well, if he goes left, he wins. And if he goes right, he ends up, you know, know costing him. You convinced me, I think. I think you convinced me. All right. Good. I can't argue with that. Good. All right. Let's just uh, go through, go back to where, where we left off a little bit. So, okay. So after the Garrett thing, Mm -hmm. okay, welcome to the bottom. Okay. And this begins your, (laughs) your, uh, very up and Uh, down game now. Okay. So you're at, you're at the bottom now and now you realize that, okay, it's Cass and Jatia and Tasha's show. Yeah. And you are clearly four out of that four. What, what's that like? Horrible. I mean, it was day, day seven. uh, We had that huge rainstorm and they showed the beauties and they they showed jeff for being this is a survivor nightmare <laughs> right um it, it was a survivor nightmare for me too it was uh i was on the bottom of the alliance it was very very clear that those three weren't inseparable and i was i had already started trying I'd, i had already had a conversation with jatia and tasha and said look like you two are tight why not keep why not vote cast out before me and they're like yeah probs not bro <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they didn't say those words but right um and then i you know talked to Cass, and Cass wasn't giving me anything so I, I knew that if we lost i was gone um the rainstorm main alliance just voted out um definitely the low point of the game 
Okay, so from that, you guys actually win immunity there mm-hmm. on day, I'm going to say day nine, but I, who knows, was it eight or? or eight, eight. Yeah. yeah. So the episode where Bryce goes home, you yeah. guys win immunity. Yeah. And then really. <laughs> and we had an awesome celebration, right? <laughs> what, what did you guys do? Uh, it's just like, uh, I, I can't really remember, but seeing it on TV, we look, I, I look rather ridiculous, like grabbing Jatia and Tasha in my arms and like swinging them around. That was like the vertical <laughs> labyrinth puzzle that you yeah, guys did yeah. after you guys threw the water and that right. was a disaster, but you guys came back, came from behind. <laughs> Much like Cass yeah. in the final four immunity challenge where you guys were totally out of it yeah. and then came back. We and- had to make it up on the puzzle because we had such a problem, the Jatia to Cass connection with the water. Mm-hmm. It would be like Jatia would get the bucket and be like, you know, we, we were all trying to kind of carefully put the water in a projectile and Jatia would get the bucket and be like, yeah, throw it over her shoulder hastily. Um, and yeah, it like was, it was the rice, like it was the rice. Yeah, I think she she got the motion down with the rice and she kind of got in the habit. Yeah. And so she just had to do that. Like we we me to Tasha was going well. It was we were really having trouble on the water portion. OK, so you guys win immunity and then we have the the day where you are basically shooting basketballs against Cliff Robinson. Now, do you have any idea that you are basically in a three point contest with a guy who's a former NBA player? Yeah. Yeah. We knew who Cliff was day one. Um, who knew? T- Tasha. Didn't yeah. T- she told us. And, uh, and so, yeah, I knew, and also probes during the challenge of probes, you know, loves to highlight this classic moment of, of the survivor nerd up against the NBA star. And he's like, it's the college nerd. Up against the NBA star, can he do it? Okay, so, and so that was obviously helping my confidence did, during the challenge. Did you <laughs> did you have any problem with being called the nerd? Because you're not a nerdy guy. Uh, I mean, I think uh, maybe maybe for like TV. Yeah, you're yeah. you're a nerd, by TV but, but by TV standards, <laughs> you're you you might be a nerd. But I mean, with all fairness to John Cochran, where um, you would feel like that was probably a more stereotypical uh, you know nerd if you yeah, were to look that yeah. and of course we you know no disrespect to John Cochran but I think he would right. you know call, call himself that you're not a nerd by the dictionary definition now if we know your background where you're into chess and yeah, all this stuff yeah I think I think what it is is like that's definitely in me like yeah. I am a nerd but I don't necessarily always exude nerd yeah um, but you know at the same time like compared to the people out there I definitely do um Mm-hmm. Morgan had like a secret scene where she said, yeah, Spencer is the epitome of nerd. Oh, so, but I mean, it was all in good fun, but like it, within that context, it's totally true. Yeah. And that's why I was one of the few people who was happy to be on the brains tribe because going in, my biggest fear was you saw Cochran day one in his season. And by the way, before I applied to survivor Cochran was his seat. South Pacific was the last season that I had watched fully before I first applied. Yeah. And, uh, Cochran was like a big inspiration for me seeing like, wow, this nerdy guy, like can actually get on this show. This is feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was, uh, I did identify as a nerd, but, um, what was I saying before that? I was saying that, uh, you were talking about, we were talking about, uh, you shooting the basketballs versus, uh, Cliff, yeah, Cliff Robinson yeah. and then Morgan called you the epitome. Right, of nerd. I was saying while I was happy to be on the brains tribe, yeah. my, my fear was that I was going to be Cochran and I was going to go in and there was going to be all these hot girls and, and beach guys and, and they were going to kind of have like a click and I was going to be out. Yeah. And I was really happy actually that I was on the brain tribe. I felt like, okay, I, now I don't have to lie about anything. I can just be pretty honest. Like this is why I'm on the brains tribe. I play chess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll still fit in cause everyone's smart, you know? Yeah. And 
you could say, you know, basically in the in the brains tribe, you're still, still like a happening guy. Yeah, I was. It was weird. It was yeah. like I was. Uh, I was. I was. You know, socially pretty good at like fitting in there, and I was. I had my pulse on. You know what was going on. Yeah. So. It comes down to it after that challenge uh, that it, it, you're going back and forth with uh, Cliff Robinson and holding your own, I might add. Yeah. So, and by the way, that was worse than sh- it was shown. Like the rebounding with you saw Jatia, like not being able to doggy yeah. paddle. There was a point where she was taking so long to get to the ball that I jumped in the water and got my own rebound and then swam back and shot. I was like, I was diving in and swimming back and forth and shooting, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was an uphill battle. And if Cliff, you know, I knew that if Cliff had five seconds, he was going to beat me. So once he started making a few, I was definitely I felt it coming on a challenge that they were trying to throw. Also, but. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not spend too much more time on this. So. All right. So we go to this tribal council and it's clear you, you're probably going to be the one to go home. But yes. then there's you know, you make the case of, hey, keep me versus Jatia. Yeah. In your mind, did you feel safe at all or no, did you feel no, like? No, no. It was you were probably going home. I felt like it was 50 50, roughly 50 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like a woo Tony 50 50. No, not like a woo Tony 50 <laughs> I felt like I, I really did feel yeah. like it was a coin flip. I had no idea because Cass and Tasha had not reassured me very much. Mm-hmm. They had said, uh, I think you should vote for the weakest. And I'm like, so Jatia, right? We should vote for Jatia. And then they're like, all we're saying is vote for the weakest. And so they really didn't give me much. And I was worried. Um, so I voted for Jatia and I was kind of hoping for the best. And I, I tried to make my case somewhat. I was I think I was so nervous that mm-hmm. it was a little hard for me to really be forceful in making my case because I was just petrified that I was going to go home in Jatia's spot. So you ultimately get to stay. And now this is where everything changes. Yeah. So now you have the, the tribe swap and it ends up with the three brains ending up with three beauty luckiest possible swap ever right it's funny how it works out this way sometimes where yeah. you end up with you know it it's just it's always uh, the survivor gods uh, make make it this way and people, it was my game was like the survivor gods frown upon me in a big way and then the survivor gods give me like incredible luck hope yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, it really was like up down violently upward and downward you know over and over and over and that was like i can't ask for anything more than to be with the two people in the game that i know and four other people who will never work together yeah and so and it was also incredibly lucky and fortunate for you guys that the three beauties do not want to even attempt to work together yeah. and separately they're all like oh my god <laughs> we hate this person um, so could you believe your your luck at this point because this was the one point in the game where you were actually like in a power position yes yeah i think there were maybe of that you could count easily on one hand the votes that i was on the right side of it and this was it um mm-hmm. so i was uh i was initially i was prepared to like do whatever i had to do i was prepared to talk to cass and tosh and say like okay like who what are we doing i was prepared to talk to the beauties and say like all right uh wh- where do i stand in this who's first to go and i realized when we got there i didn't have to do any of that it was we had basically we were me and uh and cass and tasha could just kind of sit around and have everyone one by one come to us and say can we be your fourth and you that's like the best luck you could possibly have now 
Was this sort of the beginning of when this three of you and Tosh and Cass started to splinter? Like, did you guys all start to form your own sub-alliances? I think what happened was they were closer to each other than I was to either of them. And I obviously I knew that... Tasha and Cass. Yeah, because they were the decision makers at that last vote. Yeah. They were, the, they were definitely in control of the three at the brains. And so when we went over, I was on the bottom of that subgroup. And so I thought, you know, I want some legs to stand on. So I, uh, I made an alliance with uh, Sarah. I made an alliance with Jeremiah. We, we made promises to each other. I wanted, you know, something to go off. I was also tight with Alexis and we, we had a lot, uh, you know, we shared information cause we both felt, you know, vulnerable. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, I just, I needed something to stand okay. on cause I felt like Cass and Tasha were, uh, if I made that my only hope, the brain's final three, then I was going to continue to be very low on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas after we swapped, I was able to move up a little bit on the totem pole. Um, and so that was where I came from with that. I think Tosh and Cass remained very tight until Cass's flip. So the swap, I don't think they splintered at all. And I don't feel like I splintered with them interpersonally. I just feel like I wanted some other options. So had Tasha and Cass done a better job of making you feel included in the three, yeah. would you have been less likely to make sub-alliances, which then, which then ultimately threaten Cass to the point where she is going off on her own to flip at the merge? Well, yeah, I don't, the sub-alliances weren't why, Cass was not aware of the sub-alliances. No one really was. So I don't think that's why she felt she felt had to flip at the merge. Uh, mm-hmm. She found out about that, you know, during Sarah's exit interviews. Um, but I do think that if Tasha or Cass had come up to me and said, like, look, I really want to be tight with you. And they had been willing to have really close, you know, strategic conversations with me. I definitely would have been more, you know, I would have been more willing to go with that. Okay. So um, the, new, new tribe is, is happening. Mm-hmm. Things are going good. You guys vote out Alexis there. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick. Why, why Alexis over Morgan or anybody else there? Yeah, it goes, it comes down to what I was talking about before, which is legs to stand on. Um, and I think that you, the more legs you have to stand on, the more options you have, the more of a threat you are. And Alexis definitely had that. And we saw her, you know, after that last challenge, she kind of had a look and exchange with, you know, making eyes with Jeffra and saying like, Oh, are you going to be okay? You know, without saying it, kind of looking at each other. Mm -hmm. And so we knew they were tight. There was definitely a fear that she would hook up with Jeffra. And ultimately that would be the demise of some of us. Yes. Um, um, and then we knew she was tight with LJ and she also had displayed a capacity to really openly strategize and scheme. And we knew that she was sharper than maybe we would assume just from thinking, okay, she's on beauty. Um, so we knew she was sharp cause she was coming up to us immediately making an alliance. She was coming up to me and Tasha and saying, look, I know cause we initially targeted Sarah, but she said, I know we initially targeted Sarah, but look, Jeremiah, I think we should actually blindside him. Mm-hmm. She was, th- she was thinking, and Jeremiah, on the other hand, he was thinking, but he didn't have a lot of resources. You know, he he said basically, and we believed him, that he had burned all the bridges on the beauty mm-hmm. and that we were like we were his last hope. You know, he was clinging to us. And Morgan wasn't really actively um, doing that much. OK, so she, we we felt comfortable with sticking with her. So Alexis was the biggest threat. It was I mean, she I hope takes it as a compliment. All right. So after that. 
we get to the point where the game completely changes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Cass's flip. Yeah. Did you suspect at any point that Cass was going to do that? No. I mean, and yeah, I had no idea. And this is again I, one of the big flaws in my game is that I, at this point, I was being such a obnoxious like chess player. I was saying like, okay, at final nine, I'm gonna flip here. At final seven, then I'll do this, and this is gonna be my final five, and this is gonna be my final three. And I literally was trying to plan out my game mm-hmm. from the merge instead of focusing on let's let let's make sure this vote that's very important goes our way. Did you know that Cass was having issues with Sarah? Uh, very tangentially. So if you look at the scenes that are shown throughout that episode of their fights, I'm not in any of them. Right. Um, you see her fighting with Sarah alone. You see her fighting with Sarah with Tasha and Jeremiah there and then with only Tasha there. I didn't witness any of it personally. The only thing I knew is I heard about the argument they had about um, Sarah saying we can't vote out Trish and them arguing about who to vote out. I had no idea there was that much resentment between them. Um, mainly resentment from cast towards Sarah so it definitely it shocked me and watching the episode the whole episode leads up to it so you can see it coming but I did not see it coming so after that happens mm-hmm. then you and Cass end up having some words yeah. <laughs> well yeah. you tell her then at that point she has a zero percent that's chance. when the the head shake came and it was <laughs> I was like Cass zero chance of winning <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh, that's something that I obviously was in the moment I was right yeah, delirious but, with with uh, surprise, and then you guys come back to camp, and that mm-hmm. sort of, that sort of continues. Yeah, it continues. The, I was the it, sniping is is going back and forth. <laughs> I was very pissed off. I think I said something snotty like, "You shouldn't even talk to me." Like you talking strategy with Cass with me that that's like an embarrassment to the game. Like you should just stop. Um, so I was I, that was dumb. I mean, that was really dumb of me because Cass was willing to be a free agent, and I think if we had all been like, "Wow, Cass," like we just want to understand then there's a good chance she would have been willing to do something with us later. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely big flaw on my part, burning that bridge. And I think on my alliance's part, who instead of having angry words with her, just ignored her. Trish did a good job with that uh, on a couple of the instances when Tony flipped. I think specifically the, I guess it was the Jeffra vote Mm -hmm. where after that happens that she's like, uh, you know, Tony, I just want to, I'm not mad. I just want to understand the, yeah. The Trish, Trish was a really good player. Probably, I would say, the most underrated player of the season. She convinced Cass to flip. She convinced Jeffra not to flip. She put out Tony's fires. You know, the speech she had in on the jury speech, that was very accurate. She put out Tony's fires. She had an awesome social game. She had a grasp of what was happening strategically. And uh, she, she played really well. I felt like she missed the killer instinct because I feel yeah. like for her game to ultimately work, then she's got to cut Tony. The way I see Trish is she has awesome skills for Survivor and mm-hmm. she's very capable of playing well, but she has some ideas about Survivor that take her back a step where she, she, she was saying like the immunity idol is a curse if i found it i would i would throw it away um okay and it's some questionable strategic things you know um i used to know a girl who said that the uh, actual immunity uh totem what what would we call it the trophy the the necklace no the actual oh oh yeah for tribal immunity yes for tribal immunity felt like uh that was a false idol and god didn't like you to even have that what yeah (laughs) survivor amazon um so uh, who, who was that? Joanna. 
I don't even, I remember your confessional about Joanna is always love, <laughs> talking about Jesus. That's what she was mad. She didn't want, Jabiru, she didn't want the, she didn't want the Jabiru tribe to have the idol. But it sounds like something she would say. Because uh, God, it's a false idol. God doesn't like that. Well, um, clearly God favored the women. So you're uphill battle there. Okay. So are we into the point where you need to t- uh, take your break? Um, we can do it now. Sure. Okay. All right. So let's pause. Let's pause here. Okay. okay? And then we're going to come back. I want to continue this conversation. Okay. I want to then get into all of the questions that I have for you from Facebook. I think we broke a record. I think we had the most questions that we've ever gotten from uh, our Facebook wow. fan page for anybody from a survivor. So okay. uh, that's very big. And then going into this break, I don't know if you if you heard this. We had uh, some really great. A really great job was done by. Aaron Robertson and Jordan Kalish, not Spencer. Uh-huh. Uh, Jordan Kalish uh, put their heads together and they recorded a the RHAP Survivor Kageyan anthem. Have you heard it? It's called I have "Not." What does the llama say? Uh, and it's a, uh, a amazing song parody. So I have it up on my YouTube channel. They did a great job of the actual video of this. You can watch that on, on the YouTube channel oh, no. at robhasawebsite.com <laughs> slash YouTube. You can watch the video and I'm going to play the audio for you guys here. And then we're going to come back with Spencer and continue this conversation. Awesome. We know 
right, and we're back. That was What Does the Llama Say? Aaron Robertson and Jordan Kalish. Uh, really great job with that. And of course, the video is on our YouTube channel as well. <laughs> what do you think? Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. I couldn't have done it better myself. Uh, it was really, really good. Really, uh, really, really fun job. Uh, I want to know this about, about you. Are you a Big Brother fan? So, somewhat. I would say I'm a very casual Big Brother fan. Uh, I've watched a little bit. I watched most of season 10. Yeah. Uh, tried to get into it a bit of 14, but it's it's not as exciting for me as Survivor. I saw you tweeting to Peter Brown at one point. Yeah, no, I watched the entire season one of Big Brother Canada, which I felt like was really, really well done, and I felt like was more entertaining than the American version in some ways. Wow. All right, well, American Big Brother. Sorry to be a traitor to my what, country. What but. a traitor. <laughs> Big bro- American Big Brother uh, kicks off in just a little bit over a month now, and everybody's pumped up because the Big Brother live feeds are going to be back as well. And a lot of people have been asking me, are we going to have the Big Brother live feeds, and specifically Big Brother live feed bingo on Rob as a website? And I can confirm that, yes, both will be back. And if you want to play in our exclusive Big Brother live feed bingo where you have a chance to win by watching things happen on the Big Brother live feeds and then crossing off boxes on your on your card, which I will then send out to you in the mail when you sign up for Big Brother live feeds through robiswebsite.com. Uh, that is going to be happening once again. So they just put the live feeds on sale this week. If you want to check that out, that's at robiswebsite.com slash live feeds. It's $23.99 for the early bird special, and then that goes up once the season starts, which I think is June 25th. Big Brother live feed bingo. We're upping the ante, Spencer. $500 for the winner of Big wow. Brother Live Feed Bingo this season. It's a lot of money. That's that's more than I got for RHAP. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so that is happening. If you want to check that out, you can uh, see more details at robhaswebsite.com slash bingo and uh, pick up the Big Brother Live Feeds at robhaswebsite.com slash live feeds. Okay. So before the break, oh, your interviews, everything went good? Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the only person you've done an interview. You're having an interview sandwich. Interview sandwich. An, interviews on interviews. An interview inside an interview. And then I got another interview. So it's like a soup and sandwich. I have like a whole meal of it. Okay. You're on a whole media junket today. Oh yeah. All right. So we were talking about after cast, after cast flip. Yeah. Okay. You guys, uh, you guys had some words and now this is the vote where Morgan ends up going home. Yeah. And so, and you didn't have find the idol yet. You don't find that until the next the next vote. No, I found it before Morgan went home. Okay, yeah. so uh, talk talk a little bit about that of about when you the mad fought. treasure. Hunt. Yes. Uh, yeah. So first qu- a question: How was the pineapple Rita? Awesome. Yeah. All eat it out back. It's the best restaurant ever. Yeah. I mean, that steak was probably the best thing I had ever tasted. <laughs> yeah. That, for some, whatever reason, it didn't stick with you as much as it stuck with it Sandra. Was, I'll say this: It was easier for me to say that than it was for the winners of the Jack and Jill reward to say they loved Jack and Jill. Yeah. <laughs> Very. So it was good. It was good. So you end up uh, finding the, you find, you get the clue mm-hmm. and now you go to go look for the idol. But meanwhile, when you put the, uh, the your pants down, you leave the clue in your pants and Wu ends up finding yeah. the thing. I was talking to Tony and he said he replayed me folding my pants gingerly <laughs> like a hundred times. Yes. I was like, I, I folded out the creases. I, I made sure 
the seams were in line. I, yeah, I, why were you, are you, is it like your sister said, are you neurotic um, about yeah. folding your laundry? I'm very, I'm very obsessive about laundry and, and order. Like, <laughs> if you go in my room, I'll have, like, a bunch of objects, like books and things, and they all have to be either parallel or perpendicular. I can't have things, like, offset at different angles. Mm-hmm. And so, when I was a kid, my parents would always, like, tilt something a little bit, and then I would freak out and, and go on a tirade. Oh, no. Like, my room is that's, that's child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they back when I was a little monster. But. <laughs> oh, no. So now I know this plays into why you don't like the kids either. Look, let me set the record straight. Yeah. I like kids. I'm just afraid of them. Like, I Because they're going to mess up your stuff? They're going to mess up my stuff. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna come and they're going to be so, so outgoing and I'm not going to know what to do. I'm, I'm just, uh, it brings out the awkwardness in me. Okay. So now after your clue gets stolen, this is pretty much like the worst thing that could happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was in an area where, um, you don't know this, but I was in an area of camp where very far away from camp you go, you know, you have camp here and then there's a path to the well and how you get to this place where the mad treasure hunt took place is you go past the well down all these winding paths to this really remote place that literally no one ever went. No one ever went there. So that's why I put my clue out in the open because I thought there was no way I was going to run into anyone because there was no reason to be there. Um, of course that fell apart when Wu followed me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was that, that was the reason why I did that. And Wu credit to Wu for, uh, coming up with that idea. (laughs) And like Sonic the Hedgehog, boom, (laughs) he was gone. How come nobody else was looking in the same place you were looking? Why did it seem like everybody else had the same clue you had and they were all looking all different places than you were? Yeah, that was a really interesting like mini game. It was like Mario Party where Mario Party is survivor at large and then you're playing like the idol hunt mini game. Okay. It was, it was not, I don't think it's, there's ever been something like this before where you have to really like think about where the idol would be and pay attention to the cameras. So obviously during this my treasure hunt the cameras wanted to get it so they had everyone they put all the resources there they had like five camera guys running around down the stream and I don't know if it comes across on TV but the stream was huge it was like a football field long Mm -hmm. and as far as we the clue just said that it was buried in the bank of the stream basically so it could have been anywhere along that entire thing so we were spread out over a huge distance looking everywhere and basically with the, the the things you had to look at is okay if I'm digging and there's not a camera on me clearly it's not there um and then beyond that just look for like notable things because you know there's going to be another clue i got the first version of the clue and there were going to be more clues that would get more and more specific so i knew it had to be something by something that a clue could describe so that's why i looked through that you know kind of weird roots and there were some rocks and just distinctive areas and uh the camera had i was digging there for five minutes and the camera hadn't left so i said okay maybe i should keep digging and I locked on to the right spot. So you have the idol at that point. Cass isn't feeling completely secure about being with that group of six Mm -hmm. and so there's some talk about whether or not Cass will flip back to you guys. Yeah and it's it was a tough thing to feel out because I if I'm going to take the plunge and show her the idol it's going to increase the odds that she does it but it's a risk because if I do that and she doesn't flip then I'm target you know once they have the six to three numbers of advantage then they're probably going to want to flush my idol maybe tony wouldn't be interested in blind Cass loves LJ. flushing idols she loves it she flushed all of them yes <laughs> she's the idol master yes the idol flush. she's the idol plumber <laughs> she helps them get your idols flushed 
very good at it. Yeah. I mean, amongst, you know, Cass, uh, she, she did, like, I give her credit where credit's due. She read me very well. She did uh, call that I had the idol at final eight. Um, I'm not going to credit her with the other idols because those were going regardless of what she did, but she did a really good job there. Okay. So then after we have at that point, we go to Morgan goes home and then the next vote is LJ. Right. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, the thought process that was that went into uh, that vote and Mm -hmm. Tony ultimately deciding that it's time to take out LJ. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys go on the reward with Tony on this one. Yep. And uh, I mean, I got what I could hope for, which was strategy talk on the reward, which you rarely get a chance to just have three people and no one can be coming over and seeing what you're talking about. So Tony felt comfortable and was able to approach us. And it was really the stars kind of aligned because I don't know if we would have had that talk otherwise. Yeah. You got very lucky with being on. Did you go on almost every single reward? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, on every reward other than the pizza one at the end, which if I'm going to miss one, I'll miss that one. (laughs) I don't want to see Tony like destroying his face. And (laughs) Uh, so what is going through your mind when Tony starts talking to you about uh, the idea to get rid of LJ? So obviously it was, it was like God sent. I, right. I was really happy and I was going to go with whatever he said. Um, so Jeremiah and I were all ears. Um, I mean, I, I made myself available, but beyond that, I'm not in a position of power. So that's all I could do really. Did it bother you at all that Tony's just seemed to like use you as like, almost like that you weren't like his, like his girlfriend you were just sort of like you know the uh, like the hookup on the side where yeah, it's yeah. like and then he would cheat on his girlfriend with you and then sort of just leave you and then go back yeah. to his girlfriend his every girlfriend time girlfriend clearly didn't have much self respect because she just kept going back to him yeah she kept um. taking she kept taking him back why couldn't you get something more permanent going with Tony I mean team TP is very persuasive um, I, I was taking what I could get yes and I think the reason I couldn't get something more permanent is maybe I wasn't as hot as his other girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, he had woo and, and trish and you know that's pretty appealing because they're very loyal and he knew yeah. that i was at least thinking and he he was aware that when i when the time came i was going to try and get rid of him so i hats off to tony the way he was able to use us and then go right back i thought that the game was kind of wide open you know once lj went home the reason you saw the obnoxious like fist pump yes. was because i thought like now it's wide open i can align with trish i could pull in people who felt betrayed like it's a whole new game um, and wasn't the case because Tony did a really good job at just going to them and saying, look, like I had a very I had a very good reason to do it. LJ was disloyal and they were going to betray all of us. So I had to blindside LJ. And uh, shockingly, they just were OK with it. Yeah. So now after LJ goes home, then I thought the game was really going to be. I thought that Tony and Wu were going to be then working with. I'm sorry. Wu, uh, yeah, it was Tony and Wu at yeah, that point. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be OK. This is the new five. Mm-hmm. And. And it's going to be... And that's what they told us, um, which I, I, I think when I got back, I should have tried to blow things up a little more. I should have pulled a chaos cast. And when he went and said, no, we're still in alliance, I shouldn't have like, Tony, you told us top five. Yeah. Uh, when you say top five, I know you mean it. So what's up with that? <laughs> right. And so, and, and that's also, that could go either way also. Yeah. You know, it also could make you the biggest target. So maybe, you know. but I had an idol. Yeah, I had an idol. And I think at that point, it's time to take some risks and 
and make something happen. Because if I can lock myself into a final five with an idol that no one knows about, that's that's something worth taking risks for. And so once again, you're in the right reward place at the right time where you go on the reward with Jeffrey. And you told me in our conversation yesterday that you felt and also in the reunion show, you felt like that this was your biggest missed opportunity to not, you know, leverage the idol with telling, you know, Jeffra find out, basically have her be the mole and mm-hmm. find out that. And I still think yeah. that was a tall order to expect from from Jeffra, who had not been that kind of player that, you know, yeah, it was a tall be, order. Basically, that would be one of the biggest moves in the history of Survivor. And I feel like you can't beat yourself up. Do you really think so? I, I think it would be I, I feel like that would be a big a big deal to have her go in and be the mole and tell you guys who they were voting for and then play the idol on that on that person. Kind of like what Russell did with Shambo. You know, Shambo saying the targets on you uh, in Samoa. I, I thought, I don't know, like looking back. It's it, a big, it's, it was a it's, huge It, it would have been huge, uh, you know, and we would have gotten a, oh, this was huge from Tony, uh, but it was, uh, it was I think I should have gone for it. I think it could have worked out. And maybe if it's even... Did you think of it at the time or you didn't think of it until later? No, I thought of it at the time and I was I was like, ah, should I, should I come clean? And then the opportunity passed. And that's like, the if you're going to come up with a theme for what I regret in the game, it's those moments that come and pass where I had to really be decisive and instinctive and, and do something. And I didn't. I think there's a book for that. The Spencer Bledsoe book. Of no, I think Malcolm Gla- Malcolm Gladwell. Link. Link. Yes, yes. Probst just loves that. Like he, he likes that stuff. He has. Uh, he. he I've read that book, but I didn't find it like, oh my god, that's for Survivor. I, but I, I guess actually, ironically, I not ironically, but incidentally, I after the game, I uh, was reading that at, at Ponderosa, but I, I didn't make the connection. I needed Probst to, <laughs> yeah. to connect the dots. <laughs> um, I felt like the thing that you could have done there. Now this was the vote where Jeremy goes home. Mm-hmm. I felt like that what you could have done, and again, this is after the fact and after, and I, I don't even think I thought of this on Survivor Know-It-Alls. I think it took me even a little while after. I felt like what you could have done here was have Jeremy wear the idol. Like he comes in, you guys yes. come in the trial council, yes. he's wearing the idol necklace. Yeah. And, and Jeremy's like, a trustworthy oh, guy. Snap. He would have given like, it back. And, and he's like, oh, I got my, I got my, got my idol. And then they vote for you. And then they are like, oh, well, we can't, it, it would be very ballsy to vote for a person with the necklace on. Yeah. And so then they put their votes on you. And then the plan is all along, he gives the necklace back to you. So you ultimately end up with safe. The, with, safe. safe. Assuming Jeremy keeps his word, I end up safe. I can't imagine Jeremy. He, he would have. And that's something I considered. And honestly, another thing that the opportunity came and went. And I wish I'd done it because honestly, I should have tried something. What happened was like the worst case scenario. Yeah. I, I pretty much agree to lose a number and lose my idol. But I think, yeah, I, I did propose that to Tosh and Jeremiah, and they both kind of shot me down and said, look, like, no, 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 just just, just go in and play it who, for who you think it is. And uh, I let them convince me, which I shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, again, that wouldn't have changed the numbers like the Jeffrey thing would have, but yeah. it would have. And uh, to be honest, like, uh, it's the benefit of, of that is, isn't is that big. Yeah, it, it would down. go from 5-3 to 4-3, but now you only need to switch yeah. one person. 
Yeah, but honestly, I think that's not that much better because one person flipping on a group, I think, is generally less likely to happen unless mm-hmm. it's chaos cast. Um, and I think that if we're down 5-2, what did happen is more likely to happen, which is a few people switching. Yeah. And, you know, it could go it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you get down to that. Now there's seven people uh, left in the game. Mm-hmm. And so now this is the vote where Jeffra goes. And I saw Gordon Holmes talk about this in his interview with Tony. It seemed like that all the big moves that Tony was going to make end up happening at the odd numbers. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, you L- coined it. Well, I've said all along that and even in, uh, you know, Survivor the Amazon, it's like, you know, that's really where the swings happen mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, you, where it's like 4-4, four, four, it's like, well, you, uh, you need then you need to get it to 5-3. And, you know, Jeff actually talked about that a lot of tribal. Uh, there were a lot of, they cut it out, but there were a lot of tribal conversations where he said, look at the pattern on the jury, guys. Blindside, predictable. Blindside, predictable. So do you think it's a blindside tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't credit you, though. What? Well, he probably uh, arrived at this conclusion independently. I don't think he's uh, listening to too many of the podcasts, but you never know. He was on it. Maybe he listens sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, uh, the, you know, these big Tony, uh, you know, strikes at, you know, at nine, at mm-hmm. seven, at mm-hmm. five. So then at seven, this is when he go, we go back to the, the Jeffra thing. And I think it was very interesting that you end up putting some poison in Tony's ear about the women's alliance. Here. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like at the same time, Tasha is also trying to work on the the women's alliance idea. But you guys right. are sort of working on this independently. Yeah, it was independent. I mean, we did talk about the women's alliance together and we talked about that in the capacity of let's try and make it work. Mm-hmm. Let's try and actually do a women's alliance and then you guys try and pick Tony and Wu off before me and then we'll f- figure it out from there. Yeah, for Tasha, I feel like it doesn't make as much sense to have a fake women's alliance. Yeah. No, like, I, I feel like for Tasha, it makes yeah. sense to actually have a women's the, alliance. The initial plan was a real one. Yeah. And I I was that was better for me than the current situation so I was happy with that as well even though it was clearly better for her than it was for me yeah um, and uh, yeah we both honestly that conversation you saw with me and Tony planning the poison that was sort of just an incidental thing not planned out and Tasha being with the girls in the water water I think was similar that she just it happened you know and the the weird thing about it is where like if Tony does end up buying it with with you there's a good chance the person that he wants to send home is Tasha because he removed the person that's not yeah. in his alliances so yeah. it, ultimately it, it doesn't really end up being a mutual good thing for you guys to be both working on together until mm-hmm. Tasha wins immunity yeah. and then Tasha can't be the person to yeah. vote out and t- Tony there is a women's alliance mm-hmm. exactly it was a lot of it was a mixed bag of okay this aspect of it good for Tasha not me this aspect good for me not Tasha kind of mutually and interested but not really mm-hmm. and her winning immunity was great because that was what I mean otherwise she was probably going home and then it would have been a worse situation of one versus five. All right, so Jeffra goes home then. And yeah. then we get to the point where now there's six people left in the game. And in this one, you go on the reward challenge. Mm-hmm. You go that <laughs> you go again. You guys you guys vote with Tony. But again, it seems like now that there's no, you know, Tony is back to being the opposition. Yeah. And it was it was tough. Like that that strategy talk with Wu and Cass was really it's it's hard to uh, to reconcile what it was like out there with what happens in the show because we didn't know about the special idol. Mm-hmm. Did and Tony find the Tyler Perry idol by this point? Yeah. Okay. He, he had it, but no one knew. Got and it. so our strategizing around getting him out was based on him just having a normal idol. And But you already he already had gotten the other idol from the auction. Right. Okay. So I think, you know, my pitch to Wu and Cass made 
more sense with the information we had than it makes sense, you know, knowing he has a special idol. Given that he has a special idol, just, I mean, what are you going to do? Some people suggested that you should have come up with a cover story for Wu <laughs> to tell Tony when he got back instead of have the Wu tell Tony that, that you were saying we should vote out Tasha yeah. at the reward challenge. Yeah, I, probably. I mean, clearly you cannot go with there was no strategy talk mm-hmm. and probably can't go with Spencer's willing to turn on his only ally. So we should have come up with something. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wu was he had a lot of trouble like uh, keeping it inconspicuous. You know, at tribal council, he would always say the exact opposite of what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. So at the Morgan boot, boot he's going, uh, Jeff, tonight we're definitely going to vote out the biggest threat. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, okay. So I guess Tasha's safe. Um, but yeah, he, uh, another short sighted moment where I, I didn't think that through. Yeah, it's also underreported how important it is to have the believable fake story also going on on Survivor. It's like there's always there's the real thing and then there's the the fake yeah. story like yeah. that you're trying to that you're selling exactly. but it's not really what's going to happen. Yeah, you you have to be really good at selling the fake story. You had a recent podcast I think with uh it was um who said this? Someone said that basically Alonzo Bowden. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, but basically, like, if, if people are just saying, like, yeah, 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 and going for Tyson. The, the qu- Tyson, yes. And and going for the quickest explanation possible of just, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, he just wants to vote out Tasha. No big deal. Um, that's not believable. So you end up, you feel like that this plan is going to work, whether you're going to go this 2-2-2 two, two, two split. Mm-hmm. And what is the goal? The goal is just to flush the idol and ultimately vote out Trish? Yeah. Um, the goal is to vote, to flush the idol. However, um, one thing that was wasn't shown is I think that Cass and Wu's real plan was to get rid of Tasha if there was a revote that they wanted to flush the idol and if there's no idol play then vote out Tony but if he plays the idol then on the revote actually vote out Tasha and you know I knew that they were planning on doing that but from my perspective I'm taking what I can get and the only way I could convince them to try and turn on Tony was if it included the prospect of if he plays an idol get rid of Tasha okay so then Tasha Tasha goes home mm-hmm. and then you guys get down to the the final five and then ultimately this is when Tony decides to vote out Trish. How, yeah. how blindsided <laughs> were you by what Tony decided to do? There? Very blindsided. I was expecting um, two to three and it was four to one. Um, so I was very surprised because Wu, you know, made that final three deal with us and I thought Wu was finally, you know, taking it into his hands, uh, the game. And uh, I found out afterwards that really what happened is Tony said let's vote out Trish convinced Wu and then said hey Wu let's why don't you go get Spencer and Cass on board and pretend to make a final three deal with them so it looks like Wu's the one calling the shots and and assuming you know making a power move but uh, Tony was really behind it all whoa yeah why I think it came down to the fact that everyone liked Trish. And and then was Tony going to say to Trish, basically because Tony had made so many promises to Trish, I swear on this, I swear on that. Yeah. And then he was gonna, he was basically going to say to Trish, Trish, look, it was Wu that voted you out. I went along with it because that was <laughs> a, the numbers. I was to respect you, but it was Wu that got this idea going. I, I don't know if that was his plan. It never really came up of, of who was responsible. And I found out after the game, Tony was responsible, but I don't know what Trish thought 
lot happened. Um, but I do know that, yeah, Tony, Tony came up with the idea and I think it came down to likability. And one more thing it came down to was Cass was very good at puzzles. And I think he wanted Cass around for the prospect of her beating me in a puzzle and it panned out well for him. Okay. I thought that was one of the things that was very interesting about your game was that you were came to the game. You were the the brains. You were the person who is the chess master. You're the person who, you know, is the survivor, you know, the biggest fan on the season. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you did more with your brawn. Yeah. (laughs) Then and not to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be insulting, but you're at all. You're. Uh, ability and the challenges ended up being a bigger factor and saved your butt more yeah. than anything you did strategically. Everything I did strategically <laughs> failed miserably. Yes. <laughs> and so you are. And Tony, who was Braun, was the strategic force of the season mm-hmm. and didn't win a challenge. Exactly. So uh, he won. A, he won a reward. Uh, okay, but yeah, he didn't yeah. win any individual challenges or individual immunities. And yeah. uh, so it was uh, definitely ironic there. Yeah, that was uh, that was very fun. Um, so I want to start to uh, get to uh, questions. Is there any is there anything strategically that you feel like we didn't get to talk? About? And then we covered so much of what happened in the yeah. final four yeah. in the exit interview. Right. Yeah, I think we covered it strategically. Okay. Uh, I know you said you said um, that there were some things that Tony did that we didn't get to see on the show <laughs> that were really yeah. hilarious. I want to make sure that we don't uh, miss that. Right. No, Tony. The things they left on the editing room floor. It's a shame because you know. People People complain about Tony getting so many confessionals, but I I don't, you know, if anything, I think he should have gotten more. I think Tony was doing so much that he was such a character and had so many entertaining moments. So a few to speak of um, day 32, there's a huge rainstorm. Tony's like, we're all giving confessionals like, oh, this rainstorm is so hard. It's 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 really tough out here. And then Tony's confessionals are like I learned after the fact from him are. Yeah, I I, I love the rain. I want to see people suffer. You know, I, I'm, I'm strong out here. I'm a cop. And I can see that these people are breaking down. And he goes behind the shelter and he's like doing a rain dance. And I, <laughs> I saw I saw like production laughing and I didn't know what they were laughing at. But he was like behind the shelter, <laughs> like jumping up and down, doing a rain dance for the rain and he like he was it was so funny with production and Tony because yeah. on one, they love Tony obviously yes, yes. but they get so frustrated with him because all the time he's he's talking when he's not supposed to yeah. before challenges he can't stop he's uh he would wake up the cameraman in the middle of the night because mm-hmm. he didn't sleep and we I would occasionally be up and see this but he would like he would go up to the cameraman and be like hey 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 I, I want to talk I want to I want to do something and yeah. uh, he would get the cameraman and he would go and and like dig up his idol and have conversations with his idol he would like <laughs> so he was like a ham and yeah uh, yeah he was definitely they took all the stuff of like the ham in it up which i guess if if you're not if you don't find that stuff entertaining um it's for the best i would have found it entertaining him talking to his idol being like it's just you and me buddy it's yeah. just, we can't trust any of them <laughs> Yeah, t- Tony was Tony was a fine, um, and I Morgan already talked about him burning down the fire shelter. He started like a jungle fire on purpose or by accident? No, by accident because we were both up and he was he was so obsessed with keeping the fire going. And yes. I was like, Tony, we it's it's night. Let's just have like a slow fire. It's not a big deal. And he was like, No, 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 we have to keep it going. And he was throwing tinder and, and brush on it, and it got so big that it caught. It made this like ten foot high bonfire. And it. It happens. That happens. Team TV was a wild ride. Okay, so since we've last spoke on Thursday morning, have you read the letter from Jeff Probst? No. 
No. I have You hesitated. Well, no, I, I have it here, but I haven't read it. Did you want to read it on the air? I could get it out and, and scan it and make sure it's good and then read it on the air. No, I, I don't think you should. I think that you want me to just I think you should. Uh, I think you should keep that that special because okay. right. I don't think that Jeff intended yeah, for yeah. you to uh, come on the that. Uh, believe me, I would as a podcaster, I would love that. But just, you know, if, yeah, I think it's best for you to not read it on the air. You never know what's going to be in that. You never know. <laughs> you Probes never going to be a vulgar guy behind the scenes. And I, honestly, I don't I think had Jeff wanted that read on the like I don't he think this is like yeah, yeah. I don't think that this is like Big Brother where you just won the HOH and now you get your letter that everybody's going to sit around and, and hear you yeah. read. However, the listeners of Rob as a podcast have been thinking quite a bit about what's in your letter. <laughs> and so, uh, I have a lot of uh, guesses from people what the letter says. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I wanted to give you some of them that came in okay. over the last 24 hours. Uh, Jeff Pittman, the great at True Dark Times, uh, thinks the letter might say, Dear Spencer, I really dig you deep. XOXO Jeff Probst. <laughs> I can see that. Okay. Uh, This is one from uh, Chris Williams, who says uh, it's the letter isn't addressed to Spencer, but a mysterious man simply named Bledsoe. Oh, you got on the last name basis. Wow. That would be something because I didn't even ask for it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is from uh, Paul, or I'm sorry, Powie on Twitter says uh, that the letter could be in Llama Talk. There you go. Uh, How would you spell Llama Talk? I don't know. Uh, Martin V thinks that the letter is actually an autographed version of of this picture, which is uh, very slow to load, but of uh, Jeff Probst from (laughs) Two and a Half Men holding bacon. That would be, honestly, if it were that, best letter ever. That would be very good letter. Uh, Joel Hooper uh, says that he thinks the letter says, uh, Spencer, I like you. Do you like me? Circle yes or no. Jeff. Text me at 3 a.m. Yes or no. (laughs) Text me. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Here is from Nathan Bayless. He thinks the letter says, uh, to be a good player, you need to have brain, brawn, beauty, all the fixings. And I've got to say, you have it all. There you go. Uh, Tanya Og says, uh, dear at Spencer BGM, the Tyler Perry idol is hidden near the tree that's shaped like a fork. Oh, so it was a, it was a clue to the idol. Clue to the idol. I could use that. On day 16 from Jeff. That was Spencer. On that yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do it at least once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, a couple other ones. This is uh, from um, at... Uh, Matt G for real. He thinks that the letter says, uh, want to write for the Millers? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> when you said uh, that, oh, 37 days, I just hope that something uh, can come out of all this. Were you fishing for a writing job? I was fishing for it. You know, at, you know, at the live reunion, I was going to say, uh, you know, Jeff, I just like to write in some capacity. But yeah. no, I, no I, I'm not trying to fish for, for anything. Um, I, I don't, you know, we'll see if, if Survivor becomes a feeding school for, for writing and Hollywood, but I'm not counting on it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not counting on it either. Uh, Megan Z, uh, she tweeted that uh, Spencer slowly opens the package to find only an autographed copy of Stranded. Oh no! Hashtag Little Monsters, which is yeah. Jeff Probst's children's book. <laughs> I don't know if I would be the one to advertise Stranded. And uh, one last one, Daffy Newport says, uh, in the letter we learn that it wasn't Probst who said that Spencer had a zero percent chance to win. It was his sleepover 
buddies. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the buddies from uh, Jeff Probst sleepover. Okay. So, so many uh, questions that came to us. Uh, over, oh, about 250 questions came in from the listeners of, of Rap as a Podcast. And unfortunately, we can't get to, uh, to everything, yeah. but uh, let me jump around here. And we covered a lot, a lot of these questions that, that were asked also. Mm-hmm. So let's see uh, what we do. So, okay, here's a question from, let's start off with uh, Paul Borges. And he wants to know that uh, how, how much... Uh, how much did Tony listen to RHAP when uh, when he was t- turned on to him and the other cast members on it? Um, and specifically, I- I'm more interested to know uh, how much of the podcast did you listen to before you went out there? Before I went out, a yes. lot. I mean, almost all of it. I would, you know, I would get behind sometimes, and so I might miss one of the Thursday podcasts. But I really did have a routine, starting with I would say Philippines through Caramoan of you know Thursdays, eat my lunch, listen to Rhab. I was definitely a fan before you even were in the you know in the casting process. You would have been listening. Uh, yeah, but much more sporadically. I became, and that was mainly just a thing of, uh, I became, you know, I was a little bored with a few of the seasons at the time, like South Pacific. I know South Pacific, I didn't even really keep, I, I got a few weeks behind on the show, yeah. let alone RHAP. But uh, yeah, once the show was really hitting all hitting high notes in Philippines, I, I got, you know, I'm as into the show as I am. That's how into Rob as a podcast I am. Yeah, that um, Dalton Ross had talked about recently about how Survivor is coming off like a basically a four season hot streak, mm-hmm. yeah. which has been very fun to podcast about. And right. really, in the history of Rob as a podcast, uh, you know, we had heroes versus villains, but really, the first couple of years uh, that it turned out, we were kind of podcasting about some dud seasons yeah. in Nicaragua and and it's a Red- shame, it's Redemption like this, Island, and it's good that you lasted through this because this I would say is like the best hot streak since ones that include your season like six seven eight nine maybe or 15 through 18 um this you know definitely i'm so glad the show's doing as well as it is okay so let's see uh what other questions uh did we want to talk about this is let's see we covered uh so so many questions that that people wanted, uh, wanted to know about um basically Alex Isaac uh, wants to know if Spencer is the Cochran that doesn't suck. Is Tony the Russell that doesn't suck? All right, let's take that in two parts. Okay. Uh, is is Tony the Russell that doesn't suck? Yeah, I'm glad we're doing two parts because Tony is the Russell that doesn't suck. Officially, officially, that's I'm giving him that title. Tony is the Russell that does not suck. Russell's not going to like that. He's likable. Come at me, Russell. No, don't say that. Don't say okay, that. All right, all right, but uh, don't be too harsh on Twitter. Okay. Well, they, they, I, I know Russell likes starting the the Twitter wars. Don't actually come at me, but on Twitter, you feel free to speak your mind. Okay. Um, so, can we? Uh, there were a lot of questions about this. That you called yourself the Cochran that doesn't suck. We talked about Cochran uh, with this, with Cochran the other day. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by the Cochran that doesn't suck? <laughs> uh, you know, shout out to your show. Um, it's a uh, it's trying to just make fun of Cochran because you know to be fair to me, he we hadn't seen Caramoan when I was going through this casting process and so i was judging on his first time and a lot so they do those bios before you even play the game before yeah that was was on my application okay um and so it's it was a thing where i was saying in casting that i'm the cochran who can you know integrate socially honestly i didn't even remember at what point in the process they do that so they took this from your you look at it before they publish it but i said that in like december 2012 okay yeah so um when you 
Justin Mill says, uh, your bio on CBS has more RHAP slash uh, historian slash survivor sucks references than actual words. <laughs> Did anybody from CBS slash casting give you a funny eye about your odd phrases? No. And that's what I, I was funny because like I thought that maybe the publicists would catch on, but they nothing was really said. But like when you're talking about like uh, I would be uh, tight, <laughs> I'll be out my there in my tight whiteys. Yeah. That wasn't on your application for survivor, no, was no. it? Um, no, that was they as I said, they let you include things. And one other thing was before it got published, they added a few questions. So the questions where I went really hard in dropping the references and the tidy whities and the build a shelter with rocks, that was uh, that was after the fact when I wasn't applying because that would have been weird if I said that one. I was, <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> I probably Lynn Spillman would have been like, so uh, what is it with the tidy whities? And I, I wouldn't have had a good answer. She might like that answer, though. Uh, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Angie Quantz wants to know, it looked like Spencer only really bonded with men on the island. And Tasha had said before that she felt like she was playing alone. Was that just the edit or was Spencer just not interested in solid alliances with women? Spencer, are you just not interested in alliances with women? <laughs> no, it's not true. I love alliances with women. And I felt like, uh, you know, with Tasha's exit interviews, I had a conversation with her about that, that I was a little bit hurt. Um, that she thought she was playing alone that, uh, you know, I told her that I didn't feel that way and that I thought we had a pretty solid alliance and definitely a solid relationship at the very least. I love Tasha. Um, but no, it did happen that I got along with more men. I think that's, you know, part to do with, uh, you know, the people who kind of turned their back on me, Cass and Jeffra happened to be women. Um, but I definitely, and you know, sometimes it was just strategic. Like I would have had a great alliance with Trish, but we were always on opposite sides of the fence. And uh, I had an awesome relationship with with Trish and with Tasha and with a lot of women. But yeah, I guess not as many alliances. Speaking of Tasha, Zachary Zarnett Klein wants to know, do you know why Tasha voted for Wu? And was that a blind side for you? Yeah, um, I do know why Tasha voted for Wu. Um, there was an incident where Tony was a little bit of a jerk to Tasha. Oh, no. Um, and in the game, in the game. And uh, so he he was uh, he was mad at, at her trying to start this all girls alliance. And he was he was upset that they were considering this. And so ta he had this moment where he says, you know, Tasha, you want to start an all girls alliance? Why don't you? Why don't you go make a fire? Uh, none of you women can make a fire, so why don't you go make a fire? And every time Tasha tried to say like, "Well, hold on," Tony's like, "Go make a fire. Go make a fire." And he just kind of came off as a bit of a jerk. And he, even like I, who I love when people are fighting, but even I was like, "Tony, like let's let's relax." So you know, I think Tasha, if she looks at it objectively, would recognize that Tony played a good game. But I totally understand her not voting for him after that. Okay, uh, Ivan Ornelas wants to know, if you had to make a Survivor Kagayan chessboard, who would be the king, queen, bishops, knights, rooks, and pawns? All right, if we're going to put out the commemorative RHAP Survivor Kagayan, mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, don't make it RHAP because then you'd have to have like uh, me and Max. Right, right. Uh, all right, so if, if CBS <laughs> was going to put out the commemorative Survivor Kagayan uh -huh. chess set, uh -huh. Who would be so is it who? it's just cast members of Kageon. Yeah. Now would it be like like hypothetically, like would you have on would they be the same pieces on each side?
side, but just a different color. Yeah, I would. You have to be symmetrical, so I would say okay. same pieces. Okay. Um, I guess I would go with Tony as the king. Tony's uh, the king. Winner Team TV has to be the king. Okay. Um, the queen. Well, I was gonna say most powerful piece, but that was Tony. Um, Trish. Trish. Trish, Trish had did not Chaos Cass. No, Chaos Cass. It doesn't get to be a piece. Um, she doesn't get to be a piece. She can be the squares. We play on her. Um, <laughs> oh no. We, I'll be a pawn because clearly I was used as a pawn many times. Uh, Tosh is the bishop. She she loves the the god. She loves God. Um, she's a bishop. Okay. I'm gonna say Wu is a knight. Very noble. Very honorable. Yeah. And uh, LJ is a rook because he's he's very uh, you know this direction that direction. I think you need um, Cass in the game. I think you okay. need Cass on the in the commemorative set. Then, okay. If I have to make Cass, I'm gonna say. <laughs> Okay, I'll say a knight. Knights jump over pieces. She jumps between pieces. <laughs> All right, that's that's uh, fair fair enough. So let's see. How about a question? This is from uh, Rachel Talbot. Wants to know: Does Spencer ever check his task his texts? Because every week there is a always a ridiculously large number of unread messages in his screenshots of his texts with Tony. Also, I think it's really great that as a super fan, he was able to go on there and get as far as he did. Uh, do you check your texts? Yeah, I check my texts. It's like I. I almost want to go. What happens is this. I, if I see a message and it's like, yes, and I can see what the message says without actually opening the message, I don't open it. Um, if I see that someone sends me like, sure, sounds good. I don't open it. So there'll be like group texts where it's like, uh, you know, we're making plans and everyone just says, yeah, sounds good. Sure. So I don't go and open that message. I almost want to start opening them because I get all this. Uh, whenever I post the Tony's fireside chats, people say like, are you trying to seem cool? Like so many people are messaging. Is like, that what you're doing? No, I, I'm not cool. Like I think it's been established. Like I not not that many people are messaging me. I'm I'm not that popular. So it's uh it's it's just a function of me not opening messages that I. In I'm all doing, fairness, so. I think I, I suck uh pretty uh pretty much that uh I I think I have uh a, a large number of unread yeah, messages. There you go. There you go. See, Rob has the same. Well, how many do you have? Right now? Yeah, a lot. Uh. 89 89 yeah I, I got a, I got through a lot of them last night oh okay yeah. good well then I, then I really then I really suck yeah no I think uh, are we in like a Cochrane competition <laughs> to be to insult ourselves I think so um, we but, need Cochrane in here he would uh, win he, he, he always does what, what's, is the contest rigged for him yeah I mean he is the Cochrane who sucks so he's gonna always win at sucking so this is a question from uh, Anne and Anne wants to know from your uh, fireside texts back and forth with Tony, it seems like you guys got along pretty well. Did this friendship blossom back on U.S. soil, or were you guys friends during the game in just two different alliances? Uh, I think it the the seeds were there in the game, and they started to sprout. But it definitely became more after the game. Um, there was uh, you know there was some back and forth, and we I definitely was not friends with him at like final nine, final eight. I was pretty annoyed with him. Um, but when we got down towards the end and the situation it wasn't as adversarial at the end because it was pretty clear like I need to win or I'm going home and I didn't expect Tony to help me out because it wasn't in his best interest to do so so I didn't you know the hard feelings kind of faded away near final six final five and we became friends we had you know he would be up all night and when I had trouble sleeping we would be up by the fire um, I, I witnessed him catching our fire shack on fire and that was a bonding experience uh, so but you know it was mo- 
more so after the game, um, we would talk a lot. I think we just kind of see the game the same way and relate to each other as it pertains to that. And it's been a beautiful friendship. Uh, were you up, upset when Tony bought SpencerBledsoe.com and then tried to, uh, to to negotiate its sale with you? I got played out. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, so what happens? You get a, a message from Tony and he's like, uh, yeah, hey, he's like, he's or no, you get a, you get an anonymous message first, right? No, no, no. Tony okay. talked to me. Tony talked to me and said, uh, look, I bought my domain, TonyVlacos.com. I have all this stuff. I have like my baby photos on there. I've got my T-shirts running. You, you should get in on this. And I'm saying, uh, you know, Tony, I don't think like, what's the point of this? No one really cares that much. Uh, it's Survivor 28. I don't think I'm going to be able to monetize this very minor notoriety I have. Um, and he's like, you know, it's 12 bucks a year. Just do it. And he's very persuasive. He's got me thinking, OK, I should do it. And so I went to GoDaddy.com to try and do it and it was taken and I said and he was like the guy I would talk to about this stuff anyway so I was taught he was talking me through it and I'm like oh it's taken what do I do like and I said he's like you can negotiate you know on the site you can you can, <laughs> you can use GoDaddy as a middleman and try and get that that jerk on the other side to give it to you and so I'm like okay I'll, I'll give an offer yeah and and he, I'm like this guy just re did a counter offer of a thousand dollars or something like what is this and Tony's like that guy's nuts like you should negotiate with him and I go through all this negotiation it's a hundred bucks and then I actually was uh, I didn't he didn't tell me for a long time that it was him yeah and I I paid the money and I got it and he's like good job you got a good deal and uh, and so I, I was in the area I was in New York for an interview and I saw him and he gave me an envelope and said don't read it another until... envelope <laughs> everyone loves giving me envelopes oh my god and he gave me an envelope and said don't open it until you're on the plane home from your job interview and so I said, okay, Tony, he's like, it's a surprise. You'll like it. And it, it had my money back. Oh, it, he gave me the money back. He was a good sport. And it showed the, the printout of the GoDaddy, dear Anthony Vlacos, you owned Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was pretty uh, Boy, Tony doesn't stop uh, in or out of the game. Yeah, no, nope. uh, he plays the game all the time. Uh, Ian Rice wants to know, uh, what did you plan to do with the $100,000 from winning RHAP fan favorite? And I have Spencer Bledsoe dot biz available for sale if you're interested <laughs> if the price is under a hundred thousand dollars let me know um what did i plan to do maybe uh save up for uh you know some uh some like shaving gear so maybe i can get ready to to have such better facial hair when maybe one day i do okay <laughs> hang in there hang in there with that hanging in there uh this is a question from uh, Payrick later wants to know Spencer my girlfriend is in love with you and I'm not even mad how was your lady situation before the show and how is it now I feel like a lot of people are are interested in, in this yeah uh, what what is your your dating status so I would say the show did not help my dating it status. did not help not much no I mean maybe here or there why it was already so good to begin with was no, that what the no, deal no, was no 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 it was uh it was already mediocre to begin with yeah. I think, you know, um, the perception of me on the show is like super nerdy. Uh, I would say that it was probably better than some people think before. And now after it's probably worse than most people think because it hasn't really changed. It's, it it's, it's, you know, still just uh, doing OK um, here and there. I'll go on a date. I'll, you know, you're not LJ and women aren't uh, writing, to, writing to you. I'm not on the social media checking through my messages of everyone. LJ loves Tinder. So he, uh, he, Cochran is on Tinder also. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think LJ just swipes everyone to the right and then sees how much feedback he gets for an ego boost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. And so, and but you are available. I'm available. Okay. And and people that are and you live in in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Should people is if there is a eligible uh, bachelorette in the Chicago area what what should she contact you or she you're should, not soliciting um, no 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 she should she should definitely contact me when when Jatia and Alexis aren't fighting over me which you know they always do of course um, that I'm available so definitely go for it now you and Alexis seem this seems like a, a natural match there does it yeah it seems like I mean you made the merge I mean she merge. didn't true <laughs> I mean I feel like maybe you know maybe not before Survivor maybe maybe this match isn't happening but uh-huh. I mean, at the, you at think this, I can leverage my merge status to 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 take advantage of her? Yes, making the merge? I most certain I most certainly can. Very, That's very manipulative. Game change. Game, game change. Yeah, me making the merge was probably a game changer. But I don't know uh, if it's as natural a match as as you might think. She's a pretty girl. Well, once once uh, she sees this trophy, yeah, Alexis. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, all right. So all right. Keep us posted on that. Uh, on on a related note, a lot of people had this question for you. Uh, Ding, Mary, kill. <laughs> oh, God. Morgan, Jeffra, and Alexis. Uh, he's, uh-huh. uh, Adam says, I was originally thinking of including Cass in this, but figure uh, Spencer uh, would answer Ding for sure. All right, real quick. Can you real, real quick? Can you give us? Can you give us this? Um, okay, Alexis, Jeffra, Morgan. I'm gonna say I'm one gonna, of the toughest ones that we've had. Pretty tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Alexis because she's okay. very smart, and I think she would be uh, the person I would want to start a family with. There you go. But for ding or kill I think it's going to come down to the makeup because Morgan with makeup is I think I'm going to go ding Morgan kill Jeffra but out on the island it's going to be ding Jeffra kill Morgan okay well um, I I, th- I think you probably had it right the, f- the first way I think that was the, I think that was the <laughs> my that friends was the definitely answer. think I had it right yeah. when Morgan got voted off all my friends were like hey, we, we want to support you but we're done like how are we going to watch this now <laughs> <laughs> yes yes all right so uh, let's see how about this question from Taylor Cotter uh, wants to know did you have any other secret fan easter eggs like those in your bio that never surfaced is there any were there any things that you said or did that we missed on the internet yeah there is a uh, secret pattern in the you know the first and last letters of every word that you have to it's a you have to decode it oh my god so we have to go back and watch every every no, episode there's, there's nothing it's everyone caught on to everything eventually <laughs> uh I, I tried to be clever i wasn't that clever but that's pretty much everything okay so let's go ahead and let's take a question of from Christopher Shelton wants to know uh, six out of six brains spoke at the reunion while only two of the six beauty tribe members spoke at the reunion accident or is that a reason I think the reason is that as bad as the brain tribe was we were like horrible players awesome casting I I have to think that's like one of the best cast tribes I mean David Sampson awesome I know they were pissed he went out first Um, Garrett really good Everyone on the Brains Tribe, really good casting, I think. I, I was probably, like, the worst casting on the Brains Tribe. Um, and so I would say it came down to a lot of big characters, which was part of why we probably weren't that good of a tribe. Uh, I don't think you were the worst casting on the on the Brains Tribe. Yeah, I would, maybe not the worst, but I think uh, the Brain Tribe overall just very strong. Uh, Sherwin Yoon wants to know, would you watch the new sitcom The Vlachos? 
would I would I watch it? I would live and breathe it. I thought you were starring in it. I thought you were one of the actors. Do I on get it. to be the young lad? <laughs> you get to be the young. I would lad. love to be. The, yeah, that would be great. I would want to be as involved as possible with the Vlachos. I think so. Uh, <laughs> that would be that would be very very fun. I hope somebody comes through with writing the 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 yeah. screenplay. You know, Cochran can have the Millers. Maybe maybe CBS will let me write the Vlachos. Well, no, I, I want Cochran to be the executive producer of the Vlachos. Oh, okay. And so uh, a couple of people said, oh, I'm working on script for the for the first episode of the Vlachos. <laughs> and that would be my dream. And then I would want to have like the table read uh-huh. of everybody playing themselves. But I want to I want to cast Lisa Welchel as the mom. <laughs> Lisa Welchel. Wait, so Tony is married to Lisa Welchel? <laughs> yes, that's the show. That's the show. That is a recipe for disaster. You don't know how vulgar Tony is. That's a. <sighs> OK, well, they, hey, look, they got to work, work together. They're, gonna be, they're both professionals now. Uh, Tyler Perry can also produce it. <laughs> Does he have to? Does he get to include a Medea character? <laughs> there can be, there can be a Medea character. Big Mama Look, and, and the Vlachos. If that's what we need to get the show on the air, Tyler Perry can. Uh, Big Mama could be like the Vlachos' stepmom. Tyler Perry could put any <laughs> Medea characters uh, into the show. <laughs> okay, uh, this is this is uh, from Steve Chung who wants to know: uh, Will you ever use Sprint again? Their failure to sponsor Survivor your season Absolutely likely cost you a hundred thousand dollars. I am proudly. Verizon. Um, <laughs> I am done with Sprint. They can take their Palm Pre and uh, go throw it in the in the ocean. I'm, I'm done. Okay. So, uh, Gavin Costello wants to. Did, did you ever get to go in the Spy Shack? No, I didn't even know about the Spy Shack. I didn't know what a big thing the Spy Shack was until after the game. Um, and Tony was like, "Oh, by the way, Spencer, I have all these Spy Shacks, and I was spying on all of you." And you know what they didn't show is Tony had was very good at the versatile Spy Shacks. He had kind of like a Spy Shack mobile, which was the trees, and he would. Uh, we, there were a few instances where I would be talking to Tosh or something, and we would see a little orange flurry behind a tree and be like what is that and then tony would walk out <laughs> and be like oh you got you you caught me i was in my i was in my mobile spy shack and uh i'll i'll you know I, i'll hand it to you. you caught me i'm going back to camp um, <laughs> and that happened more than once <laughs> ryan deboer wants to know if you had jeff prop's home phone number mm-hmm. what text-based changes would you suggest to make survivor fresh hmm well first of all i would have to sneak onto his phone and change my contact info to Tyler Perry so that he would actually listen. Uh, and my first advice would be get rid of the Tyler Perry idol. Oh, no. Um, I, I, but, you know, beyond that... Uh, Did you feel like Jeff was throwing Tyler Perry under the bus a little bit uh, the other night? How so? I felt like Jeff was like a little bit like, hey, I know you guys didn't like this idea. I had nothing to do with it. Tyler Perry texted <laughs> me all these ideas. I don't feel that way. I feel like Jeff was standing behind it. Yeah. It's like... Like, you know, Redemption Island, Tyler Perry Idol. Jeff loves to just be like a spin doctor and take these things where it's like the feedback is probably 90% negative, 10% positive, And Jeff's like, ah, some people I hear like some it, people some people, like people it. don't. <laughs> it's polarizing. And you know what? Polarizing is good. Uh, okay. Which, so I thought he was, you know, defending it. But you know, I, I don't personally, th- I think it takes a lot of drama out of the show. Okay. A couple more questions. David Cook wants to know, when did you make the decision to go David Murphy at the final tribal council? Looking back. Are you happy you did that? Was it more David Murphy or more Eric Cardona? <laughs> we said it was. We Stephen and I officially got together. We said it was the, the half Murphy because uh, it related to Cardona. Just that it was the opposite with the Russell figure. I was actually defending him, but I decided to do 
do it, you know, before tribal, I, I was, I had questions for Tony and I said, you know, you meet with Jeff and uh, another executive producer and talk through what you're going to do. And I told him my questions and they're like, eh, those are okay. And, you know, in explaining my thoughts on who I was going to vote for, I said all the reasons I thought Tony should win. And they told me, you know, just say that. So that's where the idea came. They really said, you know, why not just just explain that? Because uh, I think, you know, uh, he was the right guy to win and I had good reasons to to articulate it. So that's why I did that. But, you know, also I prefaced that speech and they cut it out. But I prefaced it with, look, everyone, this I can't do a pinner, but this is a story. <laughs> and I said, this is a story. Let's have a fitting into the story. And that was kind of I interwove that with my speech. They took out the story stuff. But it was going to be a hybrid between David Murphy and Penner. Whoa. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. Now, this is a story. Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Is Lisa Welchel going to star in the Vlachos? I should be starring on the Vlachos. This is bollocks. <laughs> um, let's see. How uh, did you, how, like, how did you get that? That's your best impression by a country mile. I just, I, I watch a show every single week and talk about it for 10 hours a week and then uh, things, things Penner doesn't appreciate it. I'm sorry Penner that is the best impression one of them I've ever heard <laughs> uh, so uh, let's uh, a couple a couple other ones uh, Justin Brereton wants to know in Cass's interview with Parvati she claimed that at Ponderosa four jury members said that they would have voted for her to win is there any truth to this now is I'm not sure if this is versus Wu or versus Tony yeah I, I don't know where Cass got that um, let me think about it going through it Sarah, no shot. Morgan, no shot. Je- Yelja, yes, he would have voted for Cass, I think. Jeremiah, no shot. Um, Jeffra, don't think so. Tasha, no shot. Um, Trish, no shot. <laughs> um, Tony, no way. And uh, who am I missing? Me. I, I said my opinion. So <laughs> I, I think, I don't think so. I think it maybe her best bet was like 7-2 loss. I don't think she was going to get four votes. And, and the two were uh, LJ, LJ and Jeffra? And maybe Jeffra. Okay. Yeah. And maybe, to be, to be honest, maybe me i think i as i said i my i lean towards Wu. i said Wu on the live show but i would have considered it um this is from rock cat wants to know would you consider joining rob and steven as a know-it-all as someone who's a smart articulate and super <laughs> fan i think it'd be quite a trifecta well i don't think we could do a three-person uh know-it-alls but uh, hey rob three's the magic number three's the, ma- three's the magic three number tribes better than two tribes uh in Stephen Fishback's next contract negotiations, though, mm-hmm. I think his uh, his his agent doesn't I have as much leverage. Stephen, he has a monopoly right now, and I think you know you should introduce me for some healthy competition. Maybe <laughs> drive down his wage at, at the very least. But, now, um, if Stephen Fishback comes in asking for a raise, will that? Uh, yeah, we'll, then just go with me. We'll remind of this, and then uh, I guess the there's so many other things uh, we could ask. Uh, somebody, uh, Gary Drislinski wants to know: uh, Do you live your life by the BR rules? I do. I, uh, I <laughs> obviously bought, I bought the BR. Our rules before I played. Uh, what'd you think? Horrible. <laughs> they did not help you. <laughs> I, I I'm like the biggest Boston Rob fan in the world. I love Boston Rob. That's the only reason I can tolerate Redemption Island the season.
reason is because I love Boston Rob so much. But that book is uh, he, he's not the next was great it, American. It was a little list. thrown together, a little, a, a little, a little thrown, thrown together. together. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I the Boston Rob rules. I try to follow them. I was talking with Parvati on Survivor Live. I should write the Spencer book of failures. So if if I'm gonna try and adapt my game, Boston Rob is someone I would look to. Okay, <laughs> and so uh, a lot of people want to know uh, how many times did you apply for the show? Twice. I applied first uh, for seasons 25 and 26. I would have. It would have been cool to be on fans versus favorites. I think uh, I would have been a little bit more of a fan than some of the fans. Than out Eddie. There. Well, Survivor Eddie's a super fan. <laughs> he's gonna. He, he's gonna have a Survivor dog bar. You know, he's. Uh, he's. He's definitely. I don't know if I can compete with Eddie, but I think I would have been a good fit for that. But no, I, I applied for that, and it was a little late in the game, and I had to kind of put a pin in it and go back and apply for 27, 28. All right, and, and finally, did listening to RHAP before you went on the island have help you at all in the game? Definitely. I mean, I wouldn't have known my identity as the Cochran who doesn't suck <laughs> if I didn't listen to RHAP. You got to know who you are. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I try and know who I am. I know I'm not capable of playing like Tony, but I try and do as much as I can with my personality to play a decent game. And RHAP was obviously instrumental. All right. Spencer Bledsoe, the winner of the RHAP Survivor Fan Favorite Player of the Season. There you go. You don't want to do too many. That's, uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, overkill. Overkill. Yeah. Uh, uh, easy does it with the bell. <laughs> so less is more. So uh, did you get a uh, a post Survivor finale Twitter bump? Yeah, not it, cock, not Cochran esque. No, not Cochran. What, what are you up to on the Twitter? On the Twitter, you know Tony's fireside chats. I like to post the colorful. No, I mean uh, uh, that. What? How many followers? Oh, uh, I think like maybe twenty high twenties. High twenties. That's, uh, that's. I was I was like eighteen before the finale, so I got a solid like ten k. Ten ten k. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, 30 30.8 k. Awesome. That's that's huge. This is huge. I needed this. You needed it. That's, <laughs> you know, you're not Cochran, but that's. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm so bewildered by my like Twitter love. It's it's like Team TV should have two hundred thousand followers, and I should have like ten k. Was, was that Harry Potter tweet the other day? Was that what? That was the big. Edge? That was big. I had to take a play out of the Malcolm playbook. And, <laughs> it was uh, the Cochran playbook. I think Malcolm's big on that. Ma- did Malcolm start? Malcolm uh, loved. He, he was oh, the, the one. Cochran who, was accusing Malcolm of Cochran pandering. Was accusing that. Yeah, and, and you Malcolm. And you took the ball and ran with it a step further. He on the show gave confessionals about Harry Potter. So yeah, yeah, I definitely, I got like more retweets than I've ever gotten. Team TV only at uh, 14.2 K. So you you doubled up. I think if he can work on his spelling, if he he can consult a dictionary on Twitter, I think team TV would get a very big bump just because people would understand. I think it's got to keep it a little more family friendly too. A little bit more family friendly, maybe a little few more fewer feuds, and get a little more consulting from his sleepovers. He could, <laughs> I they, think so. They could help him. All right. So uh, if, if you're not doing so already, uh, at Spencer BGM. Follow me at Spencer BGM. I can promise a lot of uh, mildly interesting tweets. <laughs> there you go. All right, follow at Spencer BGM uh, all all summer long. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna have uh, much more Survivor coverage uh, coming up next week. We're gonna do our season wrap up show. We're gonna take questions from you guys about the season and plus uh, much much more. We're gonna reboot the top twenty players of all time this summer. So uh, a lot Put to do. Team TV in. All right, do that. <laughs> 
you are you're gonna stump for him again? You're gonna again, give another always. speech? That's my role. We only right? saw your last speech on Wednesday. Listen, the reincarnation of David Murphy needs to talk to you. <laughs> Put Team TV in the top twenty. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, so uh, much much more to do. Check out my recap of this week's uh, premiere of Last Comic Standing as well on RobHasWebsite.com. And Spencer, uh, thanks again. I know this was a super busy week for yeah. you, so I, I you. really appreciate getting uh, some of your time this week, dude. As a fan of Survivor, as a fan of you, and as a fan of the podcast, it's an honor. Thank you. All right, enjoy that trophy, okay? I will. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> What does a llama say? The hashtag is Rain Dance. <laughs>